The following program features language some listeners may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, yo, this is 4D, the undecorated veterans, veteran records. I'm just giving you my story on Hip Hop Cymru Wales podcast. Yo, big shot to fly fidelity. Listening to Hip Hop Cymru Wales, a podcast exploring the trails and untold tales of Welsh hip hop. My name is Luke Bailey and I'm a podcaster, best known for the Fly Fidelity podcast. And I'm talking to key players about the notable and nuanced evolution of Welsh hip hop history. Welcome to the program. On this episode, an intimate conversation with longtime Cardiff veteran 4D. From his early days forging a name as a B boy to exploring other elements and becoming a rapper, to building a scene with the legendary underdogs, we discuss his incredible journey so far and everything between. Yeah, this is 40, um, first generation Welsh B-boy. Um, as, far, as far as it goes back, um, I remember seeing uh, breaking on the TV, um, generally through um, music videos and you know certain things, like Mark McLaren uh, video of Buffalo Girls. Um, I started off doing a... Well, Practicing a robot, a robot dance, um, which then you know become body popping. Um, that was around about eighty one, eighty two. Um, then eighty three, I started breaking. Um, I started going to uh, Frankie Johnson, Noah Johnson's uh, dance class at Eastern Leisure Centre. Um, <clears throat> there was a a load of uh, a load load of boys up there that were breaking. Um, we used to travel into town straight from there on a Saturday afternoon, and we'd all break in town. Um, as far back as the breaking scene goes, I can remember. Um, You know, mainly my crew was Electro Force. Um, there was another crew in our in the same area, which was Street Snakes. You know, we, we were close. We used, we used to train together. Um, 
But it was crazy because we used to, we used to train out in the street and we'd have the line out in, in the park, um, sometimes in, on the road at the back of my house. And, you know, when, when the cars had come up the street, we'd move the line out and let the cars go past and carry on and break it in the middle of the road. Okay. Um, yeah, we used to, back in them days, the breaking scene kicked off and it was it was huge it was absolutely huge because it was like um it was a co- complete culture switch because mm. before breaking uh came to the uk nobody really wore the, the fashion sense was completely different um you know people he was either a mod a rocker a punk a skinhead you know, and then it was crazy because all that sort of like faded into the 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 football terrace scene, which was like everybody started wearing um like designer sportswear. Um you know, bearing in mind I was only like thirteen at this time and you know, I started wearing, you know, tracksuits, trainers, which were well, the year before. It just didn't happen. Nobody, nobody wore sports gear until until then. Um, but then when the when the breaking scene uh, kicked off, you, yeah, um, the the sportswear and all that was already starting to come in through the the football um, trend. So we we were already wearing tracks with some trainers and everything. So that all of a sudden, then the monks, the mods, punks, and rockers, and all how they disappeared. Everybody started wearing sportswear. So the, the whole yeah. culture, the whole culture altogether, just completely switched. Um, then we'd uh, like back in endings because it was so big. Um, like every estate in Cardiff had at least a breaking crew. So all over mm-hmm. Cardiff, in every area, there was there was a crew, or there was there was a team of boys that, that trained together or danced together, because it was like the, it was crazy. It just it just blew up. Um, me and my crew used to travel around on a bus. We get a bus ticket, a family ticket. And we go from estate to estate to just look for crews to battle with. Or, you know, maybe not battle, but just go and dance with them. Yeah. Um, and then on a Saturday afternoon then, after, you know, the, the dance school, we'd all go into town and everybody would meet up. <clears throat> and we'd be breaking in the middle of Queen Street. Um, and I remember my first battle I seen was in the middle of Queen Street. Um it was outside Top Man. It was Top Man of Burton's one of those but um it's like halfway up Queen Street now just past Premac. You got mm. like a big screen and it was like right by there. And a bit further down that road there was doors that you could go into St. David Centre there but they closed they, they built shops there now or something. There's shops that you can't go through. That's right. Um but we used to train in there and the security guard would come and chase us out to the air and 
um, you know, we were just typical kids, like, you know, we we knew we couldn't be there, so we we go there and dance. And the security guard used to come and tell us off. And we, we'd give them a load of lip, you know, but, you know, cheeky little kids used to do. Yeah. But the first time I ever um, I seen a battle, well, been involved in a battle, was out, outside them where where the Metro Bank is now, um, on that corner. The next time I seen breaking, uh, not but a breaking battle was we were um outside where Tesco's is now in the capital center. There used to be a bandstand. Before the bandstand, it was just like a platform, like a concrete platform. And we used to go there every Saturday. That was our main hangout. Because it was it was it was like it was purposely made for us to dance on. Um a big round circle, you know, with like a big round wall like concrete on the top and it was perfect um, you know later on they built a bandstand on there like they put a shelter over it and everything but that's that's gone now as well um, but yeah we were um, this one time we were there and this army of people that's come walking down walking down Queen Street and roughly around about that time it, there was there, there used to be a lot of football quite a lot football-related violence um, between Cardiff and Newport. And if you were in Queen Street, because that's where everybody used to congregate, it was in the middle of Queen Street. Um, Newport would get off the off the train or the bus and they'd come marching through Queen Street. So this one day, we seen this, this crew coming through through Queen Street. There was loads of them. And the first thing everybody thought was, oh, it's Newport. But at that time, like you know, we sort of faded away from the football thing. And um, all of the, all of a sudden, these these boys come over, and it was your typical like, right then we're going to battle. They they come over with that approach, and we were like, who are these? And one of the boys nudged us and said, oh, it's Bristol. Mm. Um. So uh, we were we were battling. We battled them. You know, we we earned their respect. You know, we we put up a good battle, earned their respect. They. You know, they, they, they showed us respect afterwards and we teamed up with them. Uh, we, we went up to Newport because that's another place we used to go, Newport, um, to Maskells. And we went up we went up to Maskells and we teamed up with them and we battled against Maskells. Um, but I'll, I'll take you back to Maskells. Uh, I started going there. Um, it, it wasn't long before that battle, to be honest with you. But... Like I said, with the the football related thing, it was always nerve like a bit nervous for me to go there because right. I was I was a youngster, but I was one of those cheeky little youngsters who run around with all the football boys. Um so my face was like I wasn't a top boy on the thing, but because I was always cheeky and I was always there in front, you know, I I would have got targeted. Um but yeah, I got to Maskell's and it was hip hop. I mean, the, the doors opened, you went in, it was like a big roller rink. You know, it was like a roller, roller disco hall, like, and it, it was just breaking everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time I went there, we one of one of the first times I went there, you know, we, we went up there with this, you know, we're Cardiff, we've got to be the best. 
you know, just that that's you know, that attitude is just like, you know, we've got to be the best. We're Cardiff. We're the capital city of Wales. We've got to be the best. You know, how wrong will be? I have my ass kicked. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got to be honest. You know, I did get my ass kicked. Um, my. Um, did you remember by who? No, no. It was basically we were uh, we were all lined up, and they were lined up. It, it was like the scene from Beat Street, you know, because wow. every every battle, up, up, even even up to today now. Everybody's trying to, you know, re recreate that battle in Beat Street. That's what, that's any breaking battle you see, it all refers back to that battle. Yeah. Um, another place I used to go was Cate's Community Centre, the embassy. Um, back then it was, uh, it was, a lot bigger than what it was because they, they put a wall through the middle of it, you know. But you used to go through the doors down the ramp and you was in this, this big hall with DJ over in the corner. And I used to go there every Friday, I think it was, with um, a couple, couple of boys. Um, Peter Glover used to be there, Neil Smart, uh, Neil Griffin. You know, and, and we'd go there and we'd break. But I, I remember... Um, I'm not too sure who they were, but they were out to town as they turned up there. And we, you know, we we went through with them, give, give them a good battle. I can't remember, you know, can't remember who they were, but um, you know, they, they came and they, they 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 brought it like you know, mm. but you know, we, we give it back to them. Um, but I'm, you know, it's, you're talking forty years ago now, so I can't really tell you what date it was like, you know, and I can't couldn't. That that battle, all I can say is, was like, it was like that scene in Beach Street, where two crews just see locked eyes with each other, the crowd opened up and it just, we just went for it. Um, Incredible. And you know that's what that's what is lacking now, is the fact that when it comes to battles, it seems more staged these days. Don't get me wrong, the the, the dancing that's going on. Is incredible these days, but the energy itself—it was spontaneous. You seen each other, bam! You went for each other. You know there was there was a there was a rivalry there, and you wouldn't get in this yeah. go up hug each other or, any, or anything. You'd speak afterwards, but you'd see each other. And if 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 that person was fresh, you'd be like, "Yo, you want a bit of this, now, do you?" And you you give it to him like that. But it was. It was different. It was different to what it is now. Mm. Much different to what it is now. Well, speaking of energy, you've described Mascos as being very much the breaking mecca of Wales during that time. Give me a sense of Mascos as a growing period for you creatively and as a space that, I guess, elevated your skills and pushed you to help build your reputation. Take me into that place. Take me into that era and time. Um, well, like like I said, it was, uh, it was a bit nerve-wracking for... You know, a thirteen-year-old boy that was known as a football lad before I was a breaker, and being in Cardiff's rival area, Newport, um, <clears throat> it was quite daunting. But when you got there, um, the queue used to go around the corner, um, 
you get in there and the only thing that I could describe it as is mm. it is um, the Roxy, you know, in Beat Street, exactly mm. like that. They weren't as big, and they, you know, there weren't as many people in it. But it was hip hop. You walked in there, and you could feel the hip hop in the air. Everybody was like doing their thing. They were all breaking, and you know, um, like I said, you, you, it, that was the type of place where you could walk in there, lock eyes with someone, and they'd probably been watching you for like two, three weeks, and they think, right, now it's time. I want to battle you. Um, but yeah, that it, it did. I'd say it, it did have a sort of element of being the mecca because everybody that the, the danced, I'd say, in South Wales went there. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure as like Port Talbot and Bridge End because they had crews as well, see. Mm. Um, but I know Cardiff used to be there. You had all the Gwent Valley there. You know, from like Cumbrand, Risk and all that, they all used to come down. Um, you know, there, there was a few from like Barry used to come. Um, it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, that that's the only thing I can think of is like outside, outside of something like that, it would have been a Saturday afternoon in Queen Street. Um, and then Inside, it would be mascots. Don't get me wrong. We used to we used to break it in other places, like you know, Ritzy under under eighteen's disco. But it was a case of you'd have to wait for one song to come on to, to dance to break. Um, and bearing in mind, we used to we used to break to anything back then, anything. If it sounded electric, uh, electric, we we dance to it. But if you went to like like I said, Ritzy under eighteen's. You wouldn't get in hip hop music. You'd be getting chat music, and they'd slip in a, an electro track or something, and, and you'd go off. But it was a case of like you went into Maskell's, and it was hip hop music. It was none of the, none, no commercial music. You went in there, and it was hip hop music. It was uh, I, I, hip hop music for the time. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, as you know. Later on, you know, to the late eighties, rap became like the dominant force in hip hop. You know, mm. in hip hop music. So when I say hip hop music, I'm I'm not just speaking rap. Um, I'm, I'm speaking about electro. Um, you know, all the electro albums. Uh, your funk. Um, you know, your breaks, all all that type of stuff. Um, but you wouldn't get them in, in like normal discos or not like the end of eighteen's nightclub. Um, but when you went to Maskell's, that's all you had was was the, the music that we danced to. So it, it was like it was for us to go there and do what we wanted to do instead of going to a like like an, an under eighteen's uh, disco and waiting for one song to come up. Was there a song or an album that was the closest to a snapshot of where your life was at that time? Um, what an album! Um, 
power song? Um, it'd be um, the main the main music would have been electro electro music. You know, from all the electro albums, you know, jam mm. on it. Um, you know, Captain Rock. Um, it was it was all that type of music. You know, um, Nucleus. Um, so yeah, it, it it'd be all the electro albums because, like you know, I, I've still got most of the electro albums on vinyl. Um, but yeah, it, it it'd be that that sort that sort of era. Those street um, sounds compilations. Yeah, yeah, nice. And then. Um, like later on, around about 84, maybe just after 84, you had um, the Tommy Boy album, the Tommy Boy compilation album. Now, that was that was a pinnacle thing for us because it started so slowly creeping away from the electro albums. Um, mm. and then like this, this new, this new sort of music just transitioned and. You know, you through like it started fading into it from the electro albums. You know, Morgan Khan done it really well with us because um <clears throat> he started putting like UTFO on there, Roxanne Shanty, and it, it sort of like bled us into the rap scene. Um but then as it as the rap scene kicked in, the breaking sort of like slowed down. <laughs> And then not so many people was doing it. Um, a lot of people then started taking up like graffiti and started doing other things. Um, sorry, my dog's snoring. No, um, don't be as fine. Uh, we we had rap anyway, but it wasn't the, the the main figure. It wasn't the main element in hip hop for us at the time. The main element in hip hop at the uh, at the early stages was breaking. Um, it's the only the, the the thing that got everybody into hip hop, in originally. Um, Dougie Fresh um, and the Get Fresh Truth. Um, that was that was something that I, I used to go off to all the time. Um, <laughs> Paul Hardcastle, nineteen. That was another one. Um, I, I can't think. I was just so long ago. What's your relationship with that era and today's landscape musically in Wales? Um, I've just always been somebody that's li loved everything about hip-hop. To me, um, from breaking... Um, like I said, that started me off, and I started off met everybody to be honest with you because it's 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 what we saw first, and that's what caught our eye. Um, it's it's been a an educational experience, if you, if you understand. Mm -hmm. Um, we. Like, how can I say? Because um, I can't really remember how the mentality was before hip hop. Um, all I know it was like 
just wasn't the same as what it was because when when breaking started, it just it just changed. It just changed. Everybody is just like changed personality and everything. Um, breaking became like it was it was it was a way of solving things, and it was a way of meeting people. I met so many people through breaking. It was it was crazy. Um, so yeah, my my relationship with it, it was like I loved hip hop so much that it became like a big part of my life. Um, from that early age, it was yeah. escapism. It was escapism from like, you know, growing up in a um not so privileged area. Um, you know, where people. They done their did utmost to, to to strive to survive. Um, you know, St. Mellon's. Um so yeah, it was uh it, we it it gave us a dream, if you get what I mean, because like we were like, Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna be this break this this break dancer. You always had those thoughts in your head as a kid, I'm gonna be this break dancer, I'm gonna be famous and you know, because you see other other uh, dancers, um, we were watching other dancers and they were becoming famous and people started knowing them. Um, you know, back then, you'd turn the telly on and there was breaking on the telly, no matter what you were watching. Um, you know, even the Weetabix adverts, the Weetabix used to break dance. You know, it was crazy. Um, and then, like, as the breaking died out a bit, I dabbled, you know, with graffiti because most of most of my friends were all like, we we started, we got the spray can art book and you know the the subway art books and that, yeah. and we all just like, well, we're going to be graffiti artists now. So it was like the next step. Um, I dabbled with it, but I wouldn't. How long did that last? How long did that last for you? Um, it didn't last that long because I only I just dabbled with it because. You know, don't get me wrong. I I could I could draw. I was I was a good artist, um, but I was still breaking, and I was I was doing graffiti. Um, but I wouldn't class myself as a writer. I wasn't right. a writer. Um, you know, the 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 people that I grew up with, you know, like Coma, Finer Outline, Screw, Mayo. Um, or all, all, all of the TCS, uh, the criminal saints, everyone from St. Mellon's. Um, we had <clears throat> there was a big crew of us, and we'd um, we'd go out every night near enough and we'd, we'd go bombing, you know, throwing our tags up. And I, um, I'd, I'd done a couple of pieces with, with you know, a couple of a couple of the boys. Um, but in all fairness, I'll be honest with you, I never used to like going on a train, on the train lines because like. They used to go down the train line, the the, the main line from like Newport to Cardiff, because mm. because we were in St. Mellon's, it was easy access to get onto the train line, and they do walls up and down the train tracks. So when you were coming into Cardiff on a train, you get to see them pieces. Um, I didn't like going down it because I, I was a bit of a sap. Um, I I, I I just thought it was too dangerous going on the train tracks, so I never used to go down there. Don't get me wrong, I went down it a few times, but I, I didn't really like it. Um, and then I, I decided I wanted to be a DJ. 
Um, and the youth club, St. Mellon's Youth Club at the time, they they give us the, the one room, all the boys would be playing football in the main the main hall. And he'd give us a little room off the side. And about five or six of us would go in there. Big stereo. And we'd break in there. But when we said, you know, I, I wanted a DJ, they bought a set of turntables. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I could scratch. I learned to scratch on, on my mother's turn, uh, stereo. Um, like a, it was a built-in stereo with like a cassette recorder, a radio built in it, um, a record player. And I, I learned to scratch on that. Um, Loved that. But then uh, that didn't last very long. Um, what year was that? That was about 85, 86. Um, and then 86, I went to UK Fresh 86 by myself. Talk about that for a second. Backing up, talk about that experience. That was a big deal back then. Morgan kind of course, put it on. What was that experience like? Wow. That's all I gotta say. Wow. Um, it was it was crazy for me because I was 15 years old, just about to turn 16. Um I just started my first job, just left school, just started my first job. Um, I saved my wages up. And all the boys were like, yeah, we're coming, we're coming. Come the night before, they're all like, no, nah, I'm not going. So I was like, that bugger this, I'm going. I'm going. And never mind. I don't care. I'm going up there. That's how dedicated I was to hip-hop. Um, I got on a train in the morning, got to Paddington. My auntie picked me up, took me over to her flat. Uh, my uncle came, came over from work. And then he took me over to Wembley. Um, my my uncle was a a singer. Um, he was quite fa- like quite a famous singer. His name's Gene Latter. Um, that's my father's brother. Basically, he took me over to Wembley, and his uh, his response was like, "Put your put your money in your sock, and don't don't be afraid of nobody." And I was like, "Uh." When I, when I got in there, it was just, I, I just felt tiny because it was like crews of people in there. And that was huge. It was massive. Wembley Arena, ram packed full of people. Um, and I was up on the balcony and I had like a deer stalker hat on. I had a denim jacket on with a graffiti piece on the back that Coma had done for me. Oh. And um, I can remember that there was a, a bunch of lads sat there and they, they were like, yo, where are you from? And uh, I said, Cardiff. And they, their eyes lit up. They were like, what? I said, Cardiff. And the one said, I said, I thought he was a New Yorker with that on his back. Mm. So I said, uh, they said, how many of you are up here? I said, I'm by myself. And they turned on me. They said, that's, that's dedication. They said, come and chill with us. And I went and sat with them. I don't know. To this day, I don't know who they are. Um, but yeah, I had a good experience with them. Um, it was the the best experience I've ever encountered in hip hop in 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 forty years wow. that I have been involved in hip hop. That is the pinnacle event that have, that, have, that always stays in my head. Um, you know, so many people, so many dope artists I've seen on that stage was like mind blowing. 
like seeing DJ Cheese and word of mouth, um, uh, world class wrecking crew, um, Africa Band Barton and Soul Sonic Force, uh, a Jazzy J smashing up a record with a machete. It was crazy. Um, yeah, it was it was wild. Best thing I ever I I ever done. I'm glad I I'm glad I went there. You know, and being by myself made it more exciting. Yeah. Um, what about the breakers? The presence of breakers in attendance. Well, I was up on the balcony, so I went down on the main floor. Um, and when I looked down on the main floor, I seen the breaking going on. I remember seeing um, seeing the battle on stage. I can't. I, I know it was London. Uh, London All Stars, and I can't remember who they were battling. I think it was Broken Glass, or yeah, I think it was Broken Glass or Beebles. They, but anyway, the battle that went on on that stage was crazy. And I can remember one of them. I can't remember who it was doing a windmill, sat on a chair. He literally crazy. wrapped his sat, sat on a chair, wrapped his feet around the legs, and just done a windmill. And he slapped the chair on his back as he was doing a windmill. Crazy. Was that um, the first time you had seen anything like that up until that point? Um, yeah, anything something something like that, something as crazy as that, yeah. Um but yeah, you know, later on in life, you know, I've 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 become friends with Dolby D, who's part of London All Stars and you know, also other other members of you know different crews from from era, that era. Um, you know, I've I've become friends with um, but yeah, it was it was absolutely incredible, and then I found out about two weeks later that Jaffa and Daz were there. So I found out they were down on the floor, but I was up on the balcony. So you know, it, bit gutted. I didn't see him. Didn't get to see him, uh, and I think Lee Davis was there as well, and um, uh, DAJ. I think they were there as well, but I know Wales was there, but I didn't know at the time. I thought I was the only person from Wales there. Right, the underdogs. Um, it started off um, around the time the um, Eric had left Technotronic, and I was going up to spend time with him quite on a, on a regular. Um, I, me and my mother had moved out to Sigmalens um, um, in '88, so around about '91. I was like going up with, uh, up to London and spending like, a week with him or whatever. Um, and when this this one time I get a a letter sent to my mother's saying that I'd been offered a flat in St. Mellon's. So I went to the council office and the flat was directly opposite my sister's, which was amazing because not only it, it was going to be my first flat, but it was directly opposite my sister. And anybody that knows the story behind me and my sister, we, we were, she was eight years older than me, but we were more like twins. We had the same friends. We'd done the same things. We, were, we had the same interests. Um, she was my go-to person. Um, so when I landed a flat right opposite her, it was mind-blowing. Um, but in my absence away from St. Mellon's, it changed dramatically. Um, there was just nothing there for anyone. Like when we, when I was younger, we had the community center. We had the rooms. We could 
break dancing, yeah, the boys are playing football. Um, the you know, the girls be doing gymnastics or whatever. Right. Um, so there was something there for us. Now, when I moved back, the community centre had built the community education centre, which was next door to the the sports hall to, from where we used to have youth club. So the youth club was in the community education centre, which was a lot smaller. And what was crazy was like, around St. Valentine's with my cousin Nathan um, and two lads, two twins, Ricky and Dean Burnett. And they were like, oh, you know, there's nothing wrong here anymore. So we went past the community head. I said, oh, let's have a look in here because it was youth club night. Bear in mind, I'm 20 years old now. Um, so I've gone in and I don't, I, I've looked around and I'm scoping it, right? Like, like I was casing the joint. And the 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 head, um, Jill Price, her name is, she came up to me and she said, Oh, you know, can I help you? And I was like, Yeah, I said, uh, I you know, I, I grew up around you. I said, No, um, we, we used to break dance in the room behind uh, in the sports all next door. Yeah. I said, nah, I'm just looking to see what you've got in here. And she said, Oh, you know, we got the pool table, we got this, we got that. I said, Oh, would I be able to put an event on in here? So she said, What type of event? I said a rap event. Now I didn't have a clue what who I was putting on or anything. It was just just a spontaneous question. And she was like, Yeah, sure. You know, if it's gonna help the community, and sure. So I just thought, like okay, that. right. Uh Jill Price, that's what she said. Um right. so we arranged a date. And I, I said to the boys, right, I, I I need to get a team together, you know, to put, put the event on. So I'd already spoke to Jaffa at the time, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do it. Um, and Ricky and Dean were like, oh, there's a couple of boys to go to Kaika Studies Club. Let's go up there. You know, I know there's boys up there that go up there and they rap. Because, like, you know, by by now, the rap scene had kicked in. Um, I'd already started making a name for myself as a, as a rapper then. Um, like, 88, I started my name. Well, around about 87, my name started getting known around Cardiff as a, as a rapper. So, um, we went to Kaikistan Youth Club. And there was this young blonde kid with a baseball cap on, and he was he was spitting bars. And I was looking at him, I was thinking, this kid got style. And he was only small. And I I went up to him and he was like, Well, I have thought. I thought, wait there, I know it's your face. He said it's Gareth Burgess, his brother. And my jaw just dropped, and it was Johnny B. And uh I asked him if he if he'd want to perform there. And he was like, Yeah, yeah. So we started doing rehearsals over in my sister's house because at the time Jaffa and my sister were married together. And, um, Jaffa had the decks there. Um, and he teach he, he was teaching my cousin how to DJ. He was like, you know, we, we plugged the mic in and we we you know practice. Um and we, we put the event on. 
and I'm not being funny, it was the, the best thing that ever happened because we we charged um something like fifty pence or a pound for a, a ticket to get in. Um and basically around about six o'clock in the evening, the queue was coming out of the community out from the community centre doors right up through, through Tesco's, like around Tesco's. It was heaving. Wow. We packed we packed the place out. And um my sister said to me, Oh, if you do another one, you know, I'll give you hand. So I was like, Yeah, okay, no worries. Um from that then, for the first night, the that first night I put on, I headed it, the underdogs presents. So uh, the the actual event was called Raw Base. Um, yeah, the underdogs. Why the underdogs? Raw... What what was the inspiration behind the underdogs right. at that time? The, the name for the underdogs came from um, there was a, a a lot of bad press about Samaritans um, being a <clears throat> it was supposed to be in a troubled area. Um, it was they they were saying it was full of um, single mothers and you know the the, the normal trash you know they put an area down yeah so what happened was i was listening to um uh, i think it was a tough crew and one of the tracks there's like someone shouting in the background he says yeah once again the underdogs lie on top and mm. that's where the name come from I'm, yo the underdogs because of you know, the other, you know, the the bad press that we were getting in Japan, and I was thinking, yo, that's that's a brilliant name. You felt you had some of the proof. Yeah. So um, after we'd done the event, um, Jill Price said to us, said to me and my sister, um, we, we were talking to her, and once or twice a week we used to go over. And train the girls there to dance. My sister would, and you know, I, I took a team of boys there from the the, the, the clubbing scene in town. Because um, back then, it was all about dance. Everything was about dance as well as well as um, rap. Um, you go into a, a hip hop night, and it was like you know you had that like that kid and play era, and you know people were doing all the all the you know the kick steps and all that. Mm. The new jack, new jack swing dancing and all that. Um, so I, I took a team of guys that I met in Lloyd's, um, that we used to dance together every night, and I mentioned it to to him like you know I said like no we're, we're going to start teaching in St Melons, you, you up for coming up? You know I said no it's voluntary because none of us are getting paid for this, but we just want to you know do something positive in the area. So in all fairness they came up. Um, we trained up a team of girls. Um, I started training up a team team of rappers. Jaffa showed one or two of the boys out the DJ. And we put Raw Base 2 on, which was twice as, as good as the, the first one. And from then on, the underdogs just stuck. The name of the underdogs just stuck. An ego is not the same thing as a particular living organism. Philosophy, the particular living organism, which is inseparable from a particular environment, that is to say, from the universe as centered here and now, is something real. 
commendable, highly presentable, intercontinental, internationally respectable. I started as a people back in 83. Grabbed the mic in 86 for the HRC. I also represented the TMB and the TCS in the CF free. Yeah. That's what my foundation's built on Hip-hop in the city I've left my imprint on Annihilating every beat my lyrics get spilt on History of wisdom, my vision is still strong There's never been a time I've left the mic with regret I've always blown the percent More ways come correct The epitome of what you would call a vet And I haven't even told you about the underdogs yet It's just built as a community project. Um, something happened. I still don't know what happened to this day. Um, there was a dispute between my sister and Jill Price. I still, I, I, I can't really remember what it was, but my sister was like, "No, we, we're going to move out to here. We're not, we're not staying in the community centre." Um, and we ended up opening my sister's doors to a three, three bedroom house. And it was mental because there was kids from all over the estates. She's a sender. Um, we'd have the, the, the decks in the back room. We'd all have mics and, you know, the, we'd all be like practicing, you know, freestyling. And it, it was hip hop. Do you know what I mean? It was it, mm. like my, my sister, my niece and my nephew and Jaffa, they lived in hip hop because hip hop was in their home. Um, I was literally across the road. So, you know, we, we'd see it constantly every day and how it, it was attracting these, these youngsters that all they wanted to do was do something positive. And it just grew and grew and grew. And then it, it outgrew my sister's house. You know, we, we had to start looking for venues to, to start teaching. And, um, you know, we, we, we took off up to... Uh, we went to Manacti Institute because what we were doing at the same time was traveling around all the youth clubs around Cardiff and then going around South Wales, um, you know, and, and just traveling around all the youth centers, um, you know, bus loads of us. I mean, coaches, coach loads of us. And we'd go up there and we'd put an event on where, like, it started generating a vibe. Um, before we knew it, um, 95 had arrived and I wasn't there. I, I was already in London. Me and Sparky were already in London, but my sister and the others went up to London and they went to the, the, the British Gas Award and we'd won first place. Um, Amazing. It was a British Gas Award community arts project um, for, I can't tell you exactly what it is now because the I've got the, the award right in front of me. Um, nice. Commu- British, British Gas Community Arts 95 for art project, which helps to build community and re- uh, community re- relationships and skills. And I was awarded to the Underdogs Cardiff. From that moment that I walked into that into the community centre that day, and I was looking around, scoping around and the if she would never have come up to me and asked, saying that, I think I, I was going there to ask if I could put, put an event on there. Um, but from that moment that I went into the community centre, that's when it all changed. It just, 
it's just become what it what it turned out to be. Um, ninety six then, uh, no ninety five, we hosted um a team, uh, a, a rap crew from Colombia, from Bogota. We hosted them. They came over. Uh, we partnered up with them. We done rehearsals with them. We done a show. Um, and I was all through Community Music Wales, um, mainly through uh, Steve Garrett. Um, you know, in all fairness, he'd done a lot for us. Um, we then, 96, no, 95, the same year, we performed at the big weekend um, outside the, the museum in Cardiff. Um, then 96, then we traveled over to Berlin. We performed the Ber uh, in Berlin, a few different events. Um, we traveled just outside Berlin, performed there. So we done like a little tour while we were out there. Um, we came back and within 10 days, we were asked to go back out there. Uh, we went back out wow. there. Um, the second time we went, we went out there. First time we went out there, it was myself, my nephew Gareth, uh, Sparky, Nathan, Chinky, God rest his soul, he passed away two years ago, and uh, Swell. Um, and I gotta say, Swell's like making a comeback now. He's been playing me some stuff, and he's also just gone out to my new album. He haven't been in the studio for 20 years, but yeah, um. We went out there, we performed up there, we had, we, we had so much fun up there, it was crazy. Uh, 10 days later, when we come back 10 days later, we went back out there, it was me, Jaffa, Sparky and Nathan, it was four of us went out there. Um, made, made some good contacts out there, made some connections out there. Um, played in one or two clubs. Um, we met up with some, you know, some hip hop crews, because back out there then, um, in M days out in Berlin, it was crazy. Hip hop was, it, it was, it taught us what hip hop was, mm. because over here, um, people get it misconstrued. Um, there's so many subgenres coming off of hip hop in the UK um, that it's been twisted, and people think you've got to be gangster, and do you know what I mean? But you go uh, go go outside the UK with that attitude, you get laughed at. And we went up there, and we were like, "Yeah, we're from Britain, we're rappers." But and like by the end of it, we were like, "Yo, they really humbled us." Do you know what I mean? It, it was like, "Yo, this it was different. Hip hop is different out there." Um, Would you go as far to say that that experience reinvented you and put a battery in your back? Yeah, well, it, it it's sort of like. Um, yeah, it, it, it put a put a fresh battery in because it was like, um, I think if I didn't travel outside of the UK, then, um, I was saying that I travelled before that anyway. Um, I went out to Paris in '91, uh, which was crazy because while I was out there, I just dropped my bags off in my 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 room, me and my my girlfriend at the time. We went downstairs to knock the sisters on. I looked on a corridor and Dregs is standing there. Um, but yeah, then me, me and Dregs straight away, we were like, I can smell hip hop in the air. We went out hunting it. 
Um, and we had, you know, we, we met up with a, a crew or two. They took us to a club in the night, you know, it was crazy. But yeah, so we understood what hip hop meant in Europe already. But when I got out there in 96, it was like I was back in the Beat Street days. Mm. You know, it, it was, it was still, it was still thriving like that out there. Like we were back in the Beat Street days, it was still thriving like that in Berlin in 96. And it, it hadn't stopped. It was still like that. Um, now, bearing in mind, I was still breaking. I started breaking again around the ball. 92, 93. Um, I, you know, taking like a five-year break off. So I, I, I stopped breaking around about 87. Um, and around about 92, I started breaking again. When the underdogs was in fourth floor, I started I started breaking again. Um, and when I got, when we got to Berlin, we went to this this place. It was huge, like a huge school. Upstairs, they had like a classroom full of turntables, another classroom with like all recording equipment. Um, there was pieces everywhere you went, you know, graffiti pieces everywhere you went. But downstairs, there was a sports hall. There was a, a huge crew of breakers, and I was like, wow. I you know I thought I was the only person that still done it. I you know obviously now I know that you know even when I took my five year break, you know you have people like second to none from uh, you know the south coast of England. Um, you 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 also had like um, enemy squad, you know from Hungary, suicide uh, uh, suicidal lifestyles. Um. You know, you had all M crews. They never stopped. They just kept going through. Um, and I thought I was the only person that stayed with it. Um, you know, that's that's how how uh, gullible, well, not gullible, but how how you know blind you yeah. are in Cardiff. Um, but yeah, I, I was teaching. Um, teaching Go, going back for a second, not to cut you short. You mentioned yeah. that five-year break. What is it that you learned about breaking during that five-year break? Um, during that five-year break, I never really, never seen it because there, there wasn't no breaking going on. Um, it, it went completely underground. Um, in the UK, in, in Cardiff, in Wales, it as far, well, as far as I was concerned, in Cardiff, I know it was non-existent, um, and there wasn't there wasn't anybody that well there, there was there was people doing it, but that was like ninety seven. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, we were. <clears throat> I was training and teaching teaching um, you know, a few breakers that are actually become breakers now when they you know they, they they're doing good things running their own classes and things or you know or they've they've done their own classes um but yeah who are you um, teaching that's breaking today uh Lee James um nice. Chitty um Eagle's brother he, he's an MC or well, he was an MC I'm not sure if he's still speaking Sega can you remember him yeah absolutely absolutely yeah 
he was one of my students. Um, nice. Chuggy. Um, yeah, Chuggy. Uh, and Chuggy went on. He took over for me from my classes, and he started teaching because I'd started falling into the music side of things. Right. More, I, started going, I, I started going with the rap more than the dancing. Mm. Um, and Chitty, uh, um, Chuggy was teaching like people, people like Joseph Cordina. Um, you know the the, the boy that just won the, the the world championship twice boxing. That's right. Yeah, he he was one of Chuggy's students. Um, you know the, the Mogsy. Um, there was there was a few the the Chuggy taught. So like, it was like my experience was passed on to Chuggy, and Chuggy passed his experience on. And there's there's boys that he taught that have actually that have actually you know gone on to teaching, and yeah. you know they, there was one or two girls that went on to teaching as well. Um. So yeah, that's what happens. The baton just gets passed on. Mm. Um. So yeah, we're on the ball. 95, as it goes, I remember 95, when the Colombians come over, they were all breaking. They were they were a rap crew, but they all they were all breaking. Which was that's another point in the the, the blew me away because I was still dancing, you know, breaking, but I was just doing it for myself, you know, because uh, it was something that I loved to do. It wasn't, I wasn't doing it, you know, you, you didn't have the Olympics then. So, you know, the, the Olympics existed, but no, there was no breaking in there. Do you know what I mean? And people people didn't do it to get a big rep, a big name or right, anything like that. Right, You were competing with yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, I'd see, I if, if I'd seen a move years ago that I wanted to try, I'd still attempt to try it. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't stop until I, until I mastered it. Um, but then, yeah, the, the Colombians come over in 95 and they were breaking. We right. went to Berlin in 96 and I seen breaking out there. And I'd been dancing for about three years, two, three years before all that. Um, in 98, um, Chuggy, Lee, Chitty and Kyle... Um, they were my first team that I taught to break, and I was away at the time. I was I was staying staying out of Cardiff, and I was down on the south coast, you know, down with my dad's. And my sister phoned me up, and she said, uh, "I got good news for you." I said, "What's that?" She said, "Your boys won tonight. They won the dance competition, and it blew me away." Um, I got all emotional over it because back then it used to be um, it was like the 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 YMCA youth club comp dance competitions and every youth club from all over Wales had ascend to one one spot and dance. It was a weird, like it, it was. I say weird. Um, it was different because it wasn't street dance. It was all disco dance and all that. And they'd gone there and they smashed it. And they won it. Um, there was a team of girls that. I taught as well. Um, two teams of girls I taught. 
there was uh, girls at large um, who they they done really well, um, and then there was Donna and Darcy. They were the, the girls at large and Donna and Darcy. They were more the street dance type. What my sister was, uh, was teaching, right? But then I'd mix in breaking with them. So the, especially with Donna and Darcy, they they learned to break as well. And then we had more more girls coming in, and they, they were learning to break. And by the time Chucky had taken over the pattern, there was a there was a few girls in there breaking. Um, that, that used to go on in back in St. Mellon Sports or um, youth youth club. My my sister hired she'd hire the room out and teach in there, um, and then. We moved it up to Manakti, um, just up by Gabalfa. Um, as you're coming from the flyover down towards Tesco Extra, uh, no, t- uh, Tesco on Western Avenue. Yeah. Don't go on to don't go on to Western Avenue. Go up on a slide road, and there's a bridge that goes across to the other side of it. I'm with you. On the left hand side, there's a building there called Manakti Institute. We used to teach in there every Saturday, um, and we'd have loads there. At that time, um, I said, oh, you know, I, I'd want to do something else. Uh, you know, I want to, I, I want an, another class. So I started, I booked out um, the embassy, Katate, because that, that had memories to, to me, because like I said, outside of Maskell's, the embassy was like the next place where I, you'd see a good battle. So I said, oh, let's try the embassy. So me and Cheggy went down there. Um, we run one, one or two classes, and then in the end, it just turned into a training session. Um, I went into hospital for a couple of weeks, and when I come out, it had, my Sunday Sunday afternoons had turned into this mad training session with people from all over the place turning up there. Um, and then, like later on, then you know you had. Uh, Unity and Quam and all that they all started mm. running there. Bryce, um, and then we had like DAJ had come down and he and he bring like uh, Chaos Boost and uh, Shadow. They come down with him and uh, DAJ's wife had come down Hailstorm, um, and then you know you got Sophie Slamo. They all so it's like the breaking scene just kicked off again, um, which which I thought was absolutely amazing. Um, but that was roughly around about 2002 that um, it all started going, you know, kicking off there then. Um, but like, I remember 2004, 2005, um, this is where Darren and, and all the boys, when they started coming down. Um my sister had phoned me and she said, uh, she said, there's, there's a bloke looking for you. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, he's, he's a break dancer. I was like, eh? Because I thought to myself, there's not many break dancers in Cardiff anymore. She said, oh, I think he's from Newport. And he's, he said he remembers you from Maskell's. So I was like, well, you know, that, that's a blast from the past. Um, 
I knew it would turn out to be DAJ. He, she gave him my number and he phoned me. And he was like, oh, we're doing, um, we're going to be doing a, a competition in Newport. Well, Shams, we want you to come up and you know get involved. And so I was like, okay. I went up there, met up with him. And uh, in all fairness, the first one, I think it was in, I'm not too sure if the first one was in the Riverside studio, uh, the Riverside where the where um, Jamie Winchester's studio is. I'm not too sure if he was in there, but I can remember seeing um, like Lee's Lee Davis's sons, um, Boost Chaos and and, uh, and Shadow, and thinking right. to myself, these boys got it, you know. Like uh, Shadow, he had an in, in, insane head spin. He was only a kid. And I, I was like, I was pretty blown away by it. Um, you know, and Darren was talking to me. And he's like, yeah, what do you think? I was like, yeah, they're good. And from then on, that's what I know has become the Welsh champs. Um, now... As as the Welsh champs that it you know was happening, I think two thousand five was the big one, the first one. I think it was two thousand five, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in Newport, Newport Centre. <coughs> um, and where I was still, I was pretty naive to the actual the b boy scene in the country. Um, yeah, the breaking scene in the country. I, I, I was still pretty more blind to it because all I knew is what was going on in my city. I wasn't looking outside of the city. Um, not saying that I wasn't interested. What I'm saying is, like, I was, I was always a Cardiff, a Cardiff boy, a Cardiff dancer, um, right. regardless if it was dancing or rap. But um, I didn't know what was going on outside. Which is interesting because you were talking just earlier about traveling around Cardiff looking for people to either battle or flex on. You would only know yeah. Cardiff up until that point. Yeah, that, that it's mad because um, back in the early days, you no matter what stage you went on, there'd be a crew that are ready to battle you or you know you could you could dance with. If we weren't battling them, we'd go and see them and they'd be like, "Yeah, come and dance with us," you know. And then when it died out. It was crazy because, like, it, it was like you go to an area and like, where's, where's your dancers? There's no dancers here no more. And we were we were exactly the same. You know, in St. Manners, we we died off pretty much quickly as well. Um, yeah, I was still breaking as it goes around about eighty six, eighty seven, because I'm I'm sure was it eighty six that Dougie Fresh and Get Fresh would come out. Um, you know, like whistle, only bugging and all that. Right, right. But that was like the transition of like breaking into the into the rap scene, rather than them times. Um, but yeah, um, I didn't know what was going on outside Cardiff because, like, like, like I said, um, all I knew was what was going on in the city, and as far as I was concerned, it was de- it was it was dead in my city. Do you know what I mean so? I was still practicing, but I didn't 
didn't battle with anybody, didn't get involved with any battles, or didn't even notice there was anybody still doing it. Um, I think it it sort of died off when uh, you know the kid and play kick step dancing came in, because um, everybody went from the break in into that. Um, I'm I'm guilty of that as well. I I I was doing it, um, but I was that's what I was doing while I took that like five year off break in. Interesting. Um, but yeah, um, and then when I went to the uh, the Welsh Champions the first time, um, I tell a lie, ninety eight. Um, I battled in uh, Zeus. Um, I had a phone call off somebody. Uh, it was a manager in Zeus at the time, and he said, um, "We got a team coming down." Uh, coming coming to Cardiff from Bournemouth. Um, it was around about 90, 97, 98, something like that. Um, we got a team coming to Cardiff tonight. They, they, they're world champions. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, breakdancers. I was like, what? He said, yeah. I said, where are they from? He said, oh, Bournemouth. I was like, Bournemouth, world champions. This is how naive I was. I didn't know nothing about him. So he said, you know, just come down. I said, what about dress up? You know, I said, because I'm not coming to dance in shoes and trousers. And he said, no, we're tracksuit, we're trainers. You're allowed it. So I've got to the door and they, they've let me straight in. Um, all of a sudden, I've gone, I've, I've started speaking to these guys because they, they were practising, and it worked out, it was second to none. No way. Um, and I was chatting to them and everything, and then when they'd done their demonstration, it was it just blew my head away. I was like, wow. And like I said, but when I took that five-year break, they rolled it out, they were still doing it. They were travelling around Europe. So it never died out at all for them. There was no stop point for them. They're still breaking out to the state. Um, so I entered. I entered the competition and I won it. And it was a uh, the UK champs DVD. No CD. I mean, because there was no DVD back then. It was CD. Uh, not CD. Um, VHS tape. And I watched it, and I studied it from like every day. From the moment the moment I got it in well, 97, 98, right the way through to like it was like it was like the Bible to me because everybody everybody was on there. Everybody the the there is something in the breaking thing in a in a breaking scene now. They were on that on that, that, that video. Um you know, you had uh style elements battling you know, second and then you know you have Britain battling America. You know, and then you then you had Japan and America, Britain and uh, Germany, and you know that the battles were, were were crazy. Um, and there there was one crew on there that I knew, I knew of, and you know I I, which was the Scarecrows. Um, they came they came to Cardiff in the, the early two thousands, and. 
Um, it, yeah, it was must have been about about two thousand and one, maybe maybe before that. Um, and they, they came to Cardiff to do a demonstration at Cardiff Castle at some uh, um, you know kids thing on a you know during the summer holidays. It was like a fate sort of thing, and I had my team there, and basically. They were like, does anybody want to learn? And it was it was Banksy. Banksy was the the, the main guy at the time. Um, and wow. um, there was two twins. But anyway, they, they said, "Oh, does anyone want to learn?" And they looked across, and they were like, "Oh my god, it looks like somebody's looking to, to they want to battle." And I was like, "Yeah, we want to battle you." And they were like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, we want to battle you." We don't want to learn for you. We want to battle you. And we went, I, you know, we, we went through with them. The, my, the kids that I was teaching, they, they'd done me so proud. It was amazing. And at, at the end, um, Banksy came over to me. Um, I, th I think Super J was with him as well. But they, they come over, they shook my hand, you know, give me a hug. And I was like, yo, what are you doing with these kids? It's amazing. Um, and then that gave me more incentive then to, to, to keep going. In the Welsh club, a few years later, about a year later, maybe might even be the same year. Um, born to rocking, and they were doing a demonstration, and we battled them. And that that stays in like, um, you, you know, you got um, Spencer, DJ Suspense, that people suspense. Um, you know, we we talk about that that event every every time. You know, he says like, you know, we came down and. Next week, you know, you've got a bunch of drunken taffies trying to battle us, which is exactly what it was like. You know, we were, we, we got there, these boys were breaking, and it was like, well, you're, in our, you're on our turf, we got to battle you. And then all of a sudden, boom, the breaking team kicked off again. And I do agree with, with a suspense, you know, it, that night it sort of injected the, the battle scene in Cardiff again, um, well, in Wales. And then that's when the Welsh champs happened. Then after that, um, and I started to, you know, I I seen seconds and then like DAJ, he was connected with them all at the time. I've got, to, I've got, I must say that, like you know, he knew who was who. As far as I was concerned, I was I was oblivious to anybody. Um, I think I'm not too sure if it was the first one, but you know, I met Bingo Chico um, from Italy. Um, the, the, well, I've, I've that, that was the first person I met, but the people that I've got to know because of the Welsh champs, right? Um, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, so it, it started off as breaking, I went through the rap thing. Um, but I, I did, I didn't make a mistake this time because I stayed with the rap thing. And I stayed with the break-in. It was because I took that those five years off, and I, I, I wasn't. I was ignorant, and I should have gone, uh, gone and learned about the culture and about who was who, because I didn't really get to know much about everybody until, well, early two thousands. To be honest with you.
I've heard you say that back then your mentality was if somebody was good, you were going to be better. What do you think you've learned from having these relationships with the breakers we're talking about and applying that to your style? I've found that it's, it's, it's the be, that is the b-boy mentality. Um, because every b-boy that I know will say exactly the same thing. Um, it was the mentality that I had as a kid and the mentality that I had later on as a b-boy, as a man. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it's, it's quite hard to get out of it as well, as it goes, because... Um, when you see somebody that's good, you just want to get in there and do something. But seeing seeing these these, these world class b boys come to Wales and pull things off, it never. Get, I was I wasn't thinking right. Let's have it. I was thinking, well, I'm glad I'm not battling you. You know, right. it, it it humbled me more than anything. Um, you know, I got got to know quite a lot of them. There was, uh, you know, certain certain breakers they they'd come in and stay with me. Um, during like from from every year when well uh, the Welsh Champs started, from the first like say that two nights before it started when they all start arriving, you get them all just arriving into, into Newport all about two days before the event started because you'd have the pre-party. Then you'd have the battles, you'd have workshops and all that going on, and you'd have like um question and answers and all that. So it was like more like a festival. Right. Um and I got to I I've made some really good friends within the B-Boy community, and some of some of them have been legends. Like, you know, um I I tracked who he's a first generation B-boy. Mm. Um I was in Queen Street with him, B by Ivan, Dizzy, um, and these are all legends. I'm standing in Caroline Street with them, eating food, and people are walking past us like they didn't, didn't well, nobody even had a clue who they were. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, you call yourself hip hop, and there's legends here with me, you, you don't even know who they are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is what I'm on about, this is what I'm on about, about the mentality. In Cardiff with hip hop, if it's not a, if it's not somebody talking gangster rap, it's not hip hop. That's all. That's that's the mentality of, of this 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 city. It's crazy. Um, you know, like I said, I had I had legends with me in, in the middle of Queen uh, Caroline Street eating food. People just walked past me. They didn't have, didn't have a clue who they were. But um, you know. It, they, they they were pioneers. Like he was a pioneer track too. You know, in my eyes, he's a pioneer. Um, you know, and, and these are guys that have they've earned their name around the world. You know, I the, the the Welsh champs was was a big thing for me because number one, it was an eye opener. It humbled me. Um, me, I made a lot of friends. Um, you know, um, I started traveling. I, I brought crew, my crew members over from around the world to, to dance with me. Um, at that time as well, um, what was it? Two thousand and nine. 
when I, when I become Zulu. Um, and I, I was sat in a lobby in the hotel. I know it's 2010, I think it was. And it was, there was a load of Zulus in it. And I was thinking, wow. And they're talking to them. I mean, they were from Malta. So, I mean, I got, I, I got friends all over the world now through breaking, which is, is mad. Mm. It's mad. How does that come about, the Zulu situation? Um, right. When I first saw the, the Malcolm McLaren video, not the, the Buffalo Girls video, the, the Panorama documentary he done, um, Arena, it was called. It was on Arena, right. not, not, not Panorama. Um, it, it shows you Malcolm McLaren going in and he's uh, he's, he's meeting Africa, Bam Barton, and it all the way through, it's all about Zoom this, Zoom that, Zoom this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'd just like to be recognised by the Zooms. You know, just to be recognized by them. That was my main goal. That's all I want to do is just get recognized by them. Um, it, it sounds odd, you know, but that was that was my goal. That was my mentality. I just want to be recognized by the Zoom Nation because the Zoom Nation was the pivotal thing of hip hop in my eyes. Yeah. Um, that was validation for you back then. Yeah, yeah. And I'd basically. I was I went to the Welsh club and it was Millie and Dan was playing there. And the promoter turned around to me and said, like, yo, can you jump up um and you know get the crowd hype? He said, because like, you know, they are not getting that hype yet. You know, that the, the music was banging and nobody was like get, nobody was interacting or anything. And so I got on the stage and in all fairness, I work my guts off. There's a photo there's a photo on Facebook. I'm standing there with Million Dan, Def K, um, I think it was Le Shadow, and um Skits. And I'm standing there and I got a, a grey sweatshirt on and I'm saturated from the collar right the way down to my belly button. It's just absolutely dripping wet with sweat from where I, I worked it worked it on a stage. Um but what has happened was um, it was my space times. And I've been speaking to Millie and Dan because I, I knew Millie and Dan as Mark J from the Demon Boys. Um, mm. And I'd seen a few of his videos and um, I started chatting to him. And um, I, you know, I said, you know, 40 from the undecorated veterans. And, started chatting to him and he was like, listen, he said, you're, he, he, oh, that's right, he'd been listening to our music and he, he wrote on our MySpace wall something like, uh, um, veterans for real, you are now officially decorated, stand up my generals, something like that. And um, next week, you know, I'm on stage getting the crowd hype, Millie and Dan's walked in with, with all, all his crew. And the crowd is going berserk in it because I got them hyped. It went from really quiet. As soon as I got on stage, I'm, I'm doing my hype thing and getting the crowd going. Um, I hand some mic over to Millie and Dan and he turned around and he said, bro, he said, you, you just blew me away. Um, and we become close friends.
the rhythm I come Sink my tongue to the drum I won't stop till I'm done Nah, nah My flow holds weight like magic megatons What the boss of Obi Wan would rock him down on my lawn I spit vigorously, ridiculously with hypersensitivity That's why no one lyrically there's no compatibility From here to infinity or within that proximity I spit infamy, literally there's no limit to me Clean cut clinically, technique of a surgeon My story is disturbing from the depths of the suburban What an urban sermon leaves you in a state of uncertain Syllables and beats now, watch the way I work them Miraculous, spectacular, and fabulously I bring it To the bed inside your head, watch me ring it, I'm infinity I'm mismicked to mischief with survival instincts Tongue twisting linguistic, my crown is on your wish list If you want it, then come get it, yeah, give it a try About a year later, yeah, it's about a year later, um, I get a message on Facebook. This was roughly around about 2007. Yeah, 2007, 2008. No, 2008 it was. Um, hey, bro, what's happening? I, I was like, I looked and it was Death King. Now, Def K was with Millie and Dan that night. And he said, uh, we, we chatted, we were talking. Uh, and a couple of, you know, a couple of days later, he said, he sent me a message, or oh, tune into my radio show, Zoom Nation, um, Block Party Show, or something like that. So I was like, wow, Zoom Nation? He said, yeah. He said, I've been Zulu for years. I went, what? And like, like I said, as a kid, I always just want to be recognised by the Zulu Nation. I've gone, wow. I said, how do I become a member? He said, I can I can uh, get that sorted with you. So, about a week later, he's doing a show, and he got, he's doing a show with a, a guy called King Echo. Um, Echo was part of Phase 2. He was a human beatbox. Um, they were doing this thing, you know, saying like, "Who would you put in the UK Hall of Fame and all that?" So me joking about, I went forty myself, yeah, and Echo sort of like laughed, and Def Cage just not shook his head and said, "No, that's a real man. Eh? He, he's he, he's been holding it down for years." So after the show, then Echo phoned me. No, Def K phoned me, and he said, "Uh." Hey bro, um, I'm sat here with with King Echo. He said, "This is the, the European King of Kings, uh, Zulu Kings. He, he's like the the King of Kings throughout the whole of Europe of, of the Zulu nation." So I was like, "Wow!" So he, you know, I started talking to him, and he was like, "Yo, you know, I've heard some of your stuff. Def Cave's just been playing me some of your stuff, and you know, we started talking and that." He said, "Is there any chance I can come down and meet you?" So I was like, yeah, no worries. I said, uh, um, you know, whenever you want to come down. So the Saturday they came down, there was an EDL match in Cardiff and all the soul crew got together and run them out. Now, I've wait, I've, I've got by the Hilton and Def, uh, um, Echo have turned up with DJ Fingers. Now, to me, Fingers was like a legend. I thought, wow, DJ Fingers. You know, he was on that Bad Meaning Good documentary with, with, you know, that Tim Westwood did. And 
that it, it that just blew me away. So me and Echo become really good friends. Uh, we used to interact and everything, and you know, he, he brought me into Zulu. At the same time, we brought Slamo in because Slamo was running an event up in uh, Pontypridd at the time, and I put Echo and uh, Fingers on the train at the Pontypridd. We had to go back to my girlfriend's house up in Ely at the time, get my daughter and her two daughters, go up to Pontypridd. When we got up there, there was. Uh, a guy from Chester. Um, there was Zulu's already there. There was Blanca and, and Mouse. They were already here. Um, and Slamo and myself. And you know, Jaffa was there as well. That was that's another event, just like Welsh Champs, another event that you know yeah. that, that was pivotal, pivotal, you know, for the for the Welsh breaking scene. But anyway, um it was we we went up there. We had a talk with uh with Echo and uh and DJ Fingers, and they 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 put us down. You know they they were like you know they put us down with with, with Zulu, and then um they used Echo and Basil used to come down quite a lot. Basil Pepperpot, and they'd meet we'd meet him by the by the the, the Hilton by the the coach uh, stop. And we just go on a lash with them and just, just, just talk and just drink, yeah. Just, and they used to love coming down because it was the only time they ever got drunk. And they used to say, "You Welsh, you you Welsh boys can drink." Uh, um, but anyway, um, this one day, Echo turned around to me and said, uh, "I want you to take a role on within the UK's nation." And I was like, "Okay, no, what is it?" He said, "I want you to be the UK ambassador." And I just looked at him and I was like, what? So not only had I been recognised by the Zulu Nation, I've just become the UK ambassador for him. Insane. Um, which was mind-blowing. But at the same time, when I become Zulu, which was absolutely insane, because I didn't realise how many Zulus there was throughout the world. Um, I think it was the very next day after I become Zulu, um, God rest his soul now, but TC is that. Um, Skype me out of the blue. Didn't have a clue who he was. He Skyped me out of the blue and he was like, welcome to the family. He said, I want to I be the, the first one to extend my hand and welcome you to the family. And it blew my head away. Um, you know, we've we become close. We spoke on a regular. Um, he knew that I, I used to dabble with drum and bass, but he was right into his drum and bass. Um, and then, like, I had all the Zulus then over in LA, um, you know, on the west side, which was like Scoobs, King Last Man, Cooks. Um, they were they were running a crew as well called Battleholics, mm. and. They asked me if I'd represent with them. I said, yeah, no worries. And they said, we want you to build a European chapter. So they said, we want you to run the Europe side of things. So I was like, okay. Um, I brought in people from Malta, um, Sicily, Switzerland, Holland. Um, you know, I, I built a little team 
there's like one or two. There was one in Scotland and one in Germany. Um, they were all they were all already brought into Battleholics, but that that was over in a, in in uh, on the west coast. They were staying out there with them, so they were already introduced to Battleholics. That was before me. Um, but yeah, I I built a, a European chapter. Um, but then like I went through I went through quite a bit being like made homeless and and I sort of like faded away from hip hop. Um I sort of like I, I, I went on a completely different path. Like I sort of like strayed away from hip hop. Um you know, I was in a dark a dark place and then I lost my sister. Mm-hmm. Um and then like four years later I'm losing my mum. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really want to talk about it to be honest with you, but I went down a path right I should never have gone down. Yeah. Um but I've got away from that and the past two and a half years I got myself back in the booth and the rest is history, you know. I've, yeah, I've created created three albums, um, loads of singles out. As you know, single come out today, um, and I've just just started building on my on my my career again with rap. Um, on top of that, you know, I set up the record label with Joe Bill. Um, you know, we've, we've got a few artists ready to come. Well, not ready to come out just yet, but you know, they're, they're building their albums together. Um, you know, there's going to be a couple of artists dropping EPs now off off of veteran records. So yeah, we, you know, I've come from that dark place to this now, but it's always been hip hop that's kept me on the straight and narrow. Looking back, do you think you could have ever predicted the impact you'd make on a scene today? No, no, never. I never thought that. Um. <laughs> Right, back in the early days when you know I was I was known as the breaker. Um, I was always, I was never shy to get into a battle. Um, and I, I got myself a little bit of a reputation for that. People knew me for it. Um, and then you know, the days of like the HRC. Um, you know, grassroots and, and all that. Built myself a little name as a rapper. At, just after that, around about 88, 89, 90, um, I started to, you know, started building my, my name as a rapper. Um, by 90, 91, um, I was, I was touring with um, Ice Cream Promotions and I was doing shows with like Caveman and Blade and, you know, gunshots and all you know, hard noise and all that. You know, I, I was actually doing shows with these people, and I never thought that. Uh, I never looked at them as famous, and I never looked at myself as as famous. I'd never, I, I'd never even look at myself as famous because I'm humble like that. I'm, I'm not, you know, or I'm forty, you know, nothing like that. It's nothing. It's nothing like that for me. Um. I'm just privileged to have been there from the start and witness a lot. 
um, witness. I've seen so many come and go. And I've seen some that have come that should never have gone. And I've seen some that should never have come, but they won't go. <laughs> to be honest with you. No, I, I never thought this. I, I didn't think it was going to go as big as this, to be honest with you. Um, I thought the furthest it was going to go was the underdogs. Um, because at, at the time of the underdogs, there was nobody doing it in Cardiff. There was nobody rapping in Cardiff. Um, the breaking scene had died out. The rapping scene had died out. Because like there was there was a huge gap in rap from the like the early nineties. Nobody was rapping till about two thousand, and then the only people I knew that were still rapping during that time was the underdogs. But then like two thousand, I the only other the only other two people that I knew were rapping at that time was Humarak the Gritty. And Black Tricks. They were like the, the first two from outside of um out, outside of the underdogs. It, it must have been before that, because you had the round the records team as well. Um they were doing stuff as well. So yeah, they, there wasn't much of a, a, a hip hop scene in Cardiff. Um you know, through through the nineties, um, once or twice, you know, J Jaffa would play at a night where, like, like a hustler night, where it'd be drum and bass in the main in the main area, and Jaffa would be up in a little room, and like there'd be just a little, little handful of us in there, um, and it, it you know, it, it, the scene wasn't that big. In Cardiff, after after about 91, 90, no, but 93, 90, 93, it sort of like died. Um, and nobody was rapping. You know, we had the underdogs rapping, but that was us up in St. Helens because we were so far away and disconnected from Cardiff City Centre. It was like a little, it was like you, you took. You, you, an area of Cardiff and just threw hip hop in it, and it was it was cut off from the rest of Cardiff. We didn't want to know anything else. We we were happy where we were in St. Helens. We had our own little community, our own hip hop. We had our own little thing going on, and we were happy. Um, I think that's mainly why I never really communicated with the b boy scene that was still going on. I thought there wasn't. You know, I thought it was non-existent. But I know it won't exist in the Cardiff. How do you see things moving forward in the breaking scene locally? What do, what does progress look like for you? Um, I think the breaking scene in Cardiff, well, in Wales. Yeah. Um, there's always been a major problem in in in, in Wales in Cardiff anyway. Um, the crabs in a bucket stage thing, and it's always been there, and it's 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 the only thing 
that have held this city back so many from the start it's held everyone back when somebody breaks through and tries to do something everybody slags them up pulls them back down into the, into the bucket um until we get rid of that mentality um and start unifying and coming together and start working as as a as a city and a country then it it can't really go any further um, until uh, until people stop like taking side. The Wales and Wales is too small for that. Never mind Cardiff. Wales is too small for that. They split the country into two and that side and this side. No, it shouldn't be like that. Um, I I will not take sides with anybody. But if somebody's in the wrong and whether I support them or not, I'll see. No, that's wrong. Um, I'm not getting involved in any of that. This is the reason why I won't perform in Cardiff anymore. I won't perform in Cardiff no more and, until that attitude changes. Because that's the only thing that have held this city back is the crabs in a bucket thing. It's like everybody wants to be the first person to break out of you. And if anybody else breaks out to you, they want to pull them up, pull them back. No, you're not allowed yeah. to do that. You're not allowed to break out. I've got to do it. I've I've got to be the first. Right. Um. So until that attitude changes, there's prospects for it. To, it could it could be huge. It could be absolutely massive here. You know, there's there's enough there's enough people in Wales to know the history, especially in the breaking scene. With the breakers, there's more people that, that know their foundation of where breaking started, the originators, the people that, that created moves. There's so many so many so many breakers in Cardiff that know that foundation that can that, that can hand that baton down. There's so many of them there. You know, it's not like it's not just me. It's not just Jaffa. It's not just Slamo. You know, or Lee, or or um, Dadge, DHA. You know, there's, there's there's a lot of breakers that that have studied the background of the whole culture. Um, but with the rap, there's not many people that, that can go go past like Biggie and Tupac. There's not many, there's not many, uh, you know, rap MCs um, that can tell you the history of it. They, 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 they couldn't even tell you where it started or how it started. You know, they, they, they wouldn't tell you about, you know, Shah, Shah Rock being the first female MC or Lisa Lee. Um, you know, Lebuk Starsky and, you know, Coke Rock. They couldn't tell you anything about them. Um, but then you got B-boys in Wales that know the originators of, of, of their craft. And if they unify together, this, this country could explode. Mm -hmm.